Uh, but first, uh, we're going to do a video game. Well, Sage is going to do a video game that review for us today, and that is going to be for Alan Wake 2, a game that he was very much highly anticipating. Sage, give us the breakdown on Alan Wake 2. Yeah. So uh, if, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Alan Wake 2 or, or the Alan Wake 1, uh, it's about a writer who has a run-in with a eldritch presence monstrosity that is capable of bringing artistic creations into the real world and altering reality through them. Uh, so it's very dreamy, very trippy. Uh, there's a lot of kind of esoteric uh, elements at play. It can take a little deconstructing to understand everything going on. Uh, David Lynch films are a big influence on these. Uh, so it's it's in that it's it's kind of the A24 horror movie of video games, is I think a good way to describe. It. Okay. All right, and I know that this game. How long was this game um, like in production for? Uh, so it's, it's they've been actively working on it for for only about four years, which is a pretty normal development time. But the uh, first game came out back in 2010, and they kept trying to get it made and it just did not work out for up, up until 2020 when they actually got this into production microsoft still had the publishing rights so they had to remedy had to buy those back and yeah it was a very long process lots of iterations uh this is something that they had to sit on for a very long time before they were allowed to make it uh but i i think honestly i'm glad that it took so long because this version of it i think is it's i think it was worth waiting for okay um and see you're playing the titular character there of uh alan wake uh who is a cross between bradley cooper and limitless and uh john wake down <laughs> reeves there uh so tell us a little bit like you said he's a writer um everything like that is there any more details about the character um as so so there's two characters to really kind of be aware of going into this. You have Alan Wake from the first game. Uh, he, yeah, he's a, he's a writer. Uh, he he kind of got wrapped up in this whole situation with this eldritch kind of nightmare dimension um, after having writer's block and going on kind of a bender. He's kind of not the most likable character at the start of the first game. He's got a good journey through it, um, and he does do the heroic self-sacrifice sacrificing uh across that game uh but in this we pick up with him he's very confused this place that he's in messes with his memories uh it's time is not totally linear um you really i think feel for this guy <laughs> he's in a rough place uh he he's struggling very clearly with existing in this place that's like a you know, a cross between like uh, a David Lynch movie, like a racer head and like Silent Hill almost that he's trapped in. Uh, and then on the flip side, uh, you know, this is very much taking from like, you know, your Resident Evil one or two, where you've got kind of a split campaign and there's two characters. And your second one is an FBI agent, Saga Anderson, who she is kind of a whole newcomer to all of this uh it, part of that character's existence works as a really great entry point for new players if you are totally unfamiliar with things she is uh you know tough fbi agent 
coming to investigate a series of cult ritualistic killings in the small town from the original game. And as things start to turn supernatural and she starts to kind of learn the history of the town and the previous games, so do you as a player. Uh, so it, it kind of operates on this interesting place where like you can come into this fresh, but having played previous games does does do a lot to give you context. So. Mm. Okay. Um, and with such a kind of long break uh, between the games, does it kind of directly tie into the first game pretty well? Is like the continuity? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh. it's a direct sequel for sure. Now, so so Alan's half really is picking up almost kind of directly. Now he's been trapped in this nightmare dimension for thirteen years, but it, because of the saga character, it also it allows it to be a direct sequel and also a new story that you could come into fresh, kind of all at the same time. It's actually very cleverly done. Mm, okay. Gameplay wise, what's kind of going on there? How do you like that? So that's a really interesting thing because the original game, you know, I love that story. I really, it's one of my favorite games, but I'll tell you right now, the original game had some very clunky gameplay. That was not always necessarily fun. It's, that's a game you played for the story. You put it on easy mode. Uh, it's a lot of just, it's a lot of somewhat repetitive combat encounters. You know, the big thing was you shine the flashlight on these, these people possessed by darkness you burn the darkness away, and then you can shoot them. And that element still makes it into this sequel. Uh, but there are there's a lot less enemy encounters. Uh, tougher enemies, less frequently, more atmospheric tension building in between. We had that a very heavy in the Silent Hill uh, aspect there. But it's taking a lot from the Resident Evil remakes in terms of the camera angle being kind of right behind the shoulder. Whereas in the original game, it was more like uh, it was more like Max Payne, where it's like the camera's kind of far out, and you, you it's like a very large 3D or th kind of third-person viewpoint. Whereas here, we're, we pull things in, we're kind of right behind the shoulder, taking inspiration from yeah your Resident Evil remakes, your Dead Space, uh, all all those kinds of more modern horror games, and and it is much better for it. Uh, the gameplay in this game is leagues above the original. Uh, I think the gameplay actually rises to meet the story this time instead of the story being the thing that has to pull you along despite the gameplay. Graphics-wise, I know some people have talked about, you know, now that, I mean, the PS5 has been out for, what, three years now? Three, four years? Uh, yeah, yeah, 20, fall 2020, I think, yeah, is when it came out. So, so about, so we're, yeah, right, three years right now. And we, you know, are in the, you know, the next generation of consoles. And then people have said just kind of recently with games like Spider-Man that it's really pushing the limits. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what these new consoles were made for. Do you feel like with this game, graphic-wise, do you feel like this is like, oh, yeah, this is definitely next-generation, you know, looking game? I, that This is the game I've felt that the most about, like, to be honest, more so than even Spider-Man. And some of it is that because it's an overall smaller game, they're able to put more graphical fatality into the visuals. But the big thing with this, so, you know, in the original game, very much part of the story that, uh, you know, this kind of eldritch monstrosity, it brings fiction to life, right? Alters reality through the use of art. And that's a big part of the story, but it does not play into the gameplay. In this game, you have two mechanics when you're playing as Alan. You have a kind of like a magic lamp where you can like 
pull light sources from one place and bring it to another. And every time you do that, you're shifting the reality around you and it's seamless, it's instantaneous. And then the second one is that you, as you know, he's got this uh, writer's room, which is like you're kind of, kind of what replaces having a menu in this game. And you, you go into the character's head and you've got a plot board and you find, as you explore the game, you find settings and plot elements. And then you can kind of shift and combine them within the menu. And then it jumps to the game and, you know, you see like overlaid images of him, you know, typing at his typewriter. And then the whole environment just changes in less than a second around you. Uh, it is honestly, I think, the most impressive next-gen environment storytelling, the fact that you have such an effect on the environment uh, as a gameplay mechanic. Uh, it, it's honestly, yeah, honestly the most creative thing I've seen in quite some time. And I think it's only possible with this gen consoles. Hmm. New characters. Um, any new characters here? Well, so uh, Saga, like I like I mentioned before, is she's kind of half the game, really. Uh, she's a brand new character. She's a great entry point, right? If you haven't played the last one, uh, she she makes for a very good way to come in and kind of learn with her about what's going on. Uh, her partner, and she's FBI. Her partner that comes with her, uh, Alex Casey. That this is this one's very interesting because Alex Casey is the fictional character that Alan was famous for writing in the first. Uh, he's also Max Payne with his name changed just enough for legal reasons. Um, so you have you have these very interesting meta elements going on in the game. Um, and and some of that's through the news through the use of these new characters. Um, there's even elements of there's a lot of elements of uh, control that come in in the form of new characters. There's elements from, Quantum Break that come in in his new characters. It's kind of a culmination of Remedy's whole history as a studio. I mean, as Alan, you're you're wandering the dark place, this this nightmare reality, and Alex Casey walking around with the face of Max Payne and the voice of Max Payne is threatening his own creator. As Alan is wondering about his own creator, who is Sam Lake whose face is was used to create Max Payne and then Alex Casey. So there's there's weird levels of meta going on here. And and there's a lot there's quite a few new characters. Uh you also have someone named uh Mr. Door who seems to be this like reality shifting god that can just like walk through universes uh hosting a talk show. I it, I sound like a crazy person probably describing any of the things going on here. Uh, but it, it again, it, it is that Lynch dream logic that uh, much of this game is offered. Mm. Okay, yeah, gorgeous looking game. Um, I see a lot of really good gameplay stuff here. Like this is a scene that I just played in the trailer where you know he flashes the light um, and then shoots his shotgun and then something explodes there. Um, bomb kind of a lot of environmental destruction too. Like pieces of things kind of fly off if you if you hit like a sign or or like a, something destructible which uh, just really impressive the way it kind of all feels lived in and kind of real. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, that looks good. That looks really good. Um, and this was the big game that came out, you know, after Spider-Man, um, getting rave reviews there. Do you agree with that? Is that kind of your assessment that this is kind of, is this a game of the year candidate? Personally, it, it is my game of the year. Uh, I've, I've, I mean, there's yes, there's stuff that I haven't gotten around to play yet. Um, 
not many of the really big things. I'm, you know, I'm like a quarter into Spider-Man working on that still, but right now I, I, this is, it is the most original creative. Obviously it took the longest out of anything that's come out recently. Um, it does whole gameplay mechanics and sequences that I've things I've never seen in a game before. I mean, there's a, there's a use of live action footage where the game will seamlessly transition into lengthy cutscenes with just fully real actors in real environments um, and back. Uh, and there's almost like audiobook elements to it at one point. There's a level in this game, I shit you not, is a musical. Uh, there, like there, there is there is so much going on here that like it it to me this almost transcends being a game at certain points, and it feels like this just kind of really wild multimedia storytelling effort that that just feels kind of brand new and like not only the most interesting game I've played this year, but I think the most interesting piece of media that I've consumed. Period. So. What would be your rating for Alan Wake 2? Well, uh, I, for me, that's a, it's a, this is cinema. Uh, this is uh, this is for me like peak video game storytelling. This is proof that this as video games as a medium have, have progressed so much and become a genuine art form. You know, there's been you know many times people will undersell it uh as a, a thing for kids or you know just a very unserious thing that could just just as a hobby but i think you know and, and there's been games before this that have done it but i think this is the most recent game to go no 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 there's real artistic integrity to be had here in this medium and i i think this is uh a hundred one of the strongest achievements of that idea that i think i've ever seen wow and this is cinema is the highest rating that you can give something Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you absolutely loved it. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. So this is cinema from Sage for Alan Wake.